0: So as you know, and actually as Dr. Dick just mentioned, I'm the managing editor and designer for the publications of the Church of God Worldwide Association. One of my responsibilities is the design and the the layout of our church booklets. A few months ago, you would have received our latest booklet produced by by the church, which covers the fundamental beliefs of the Church of God Worldwide Association. You know, and in the process of designing that booklet and isn't really designing all booklets and all publications, it's, it's critical for me to, to spend some time becoming familiar with the content of, of these publications. I do this in order to ensure that the, the, the content and the design is, is fairly cohesive. So as I began digging into the content of the Fundamental Beliefs booklet, in preparation, as I said, for that design, it, it led me to a lot of questions, a lot of questions I, I really had to ask myself. Questions like, do I know the basic fundamentals of the Church of God a Worldwide Association? Now, I don't mean in-depth. I mean, can I name the 20 fundamental beliefs of this organization? I then had to ask myself following that is, do I know what each of these fundamental beliefs, then has to say. You know, maybe not verbatim, but do I know the the root doctrines that were used to come up with this this fundamental belief? Next, I'd ask the question then, as a member of the Church of God Worldwide Association, do I utilize these fundamental beliefs as a guideline for me as, as a member? And do these fundamental beliefs then coincide with what I use to guide my life, my decision as a member of God's church, of God's church, just in general. And lastly, is, is it important? Is there an importance to following biblically-based fundamental beliefs just in general? And I know that's a lot of questions, right? That's a lot of questions I needed to ask myself, and that's a lot of questions we should all probably ask ourselves. But they're important. They're important questions for us, not only as a member of this organization, but a member of the body of Jesus Christ itself, a member of the church. In this message... We are not going to attempt to dive into the 20 fundamental beliefs of the Church of God Worldwide Association. You know, each one of them would probably warrant a a sermon all on their own. But what we will do is we will look at this concept. We're going to look at this concept of fundamental beliefs as a whole, and hopefully, we'll see a see how this structure, how this how this structured standards affects our lives as members of. God's church. So if you'd like a title for this message, the title of this message is, Are Our Beliefs Fundamental? Are our beliefs fundamental? And that's right where we're going to begin today. We're going to begin with the term fundamental. So what is a fundamental? What is a fundamental? Now there's two aspects that we can look at to to determine the answer to that question. One, of course, is the dictionary definition of the term. So, Fundamental, as defined by Merriam-Webster, is one of the minimum constituents without which a thing or a system would not be what it is. So without the fundamentals, the organization would be different, right? And I know that's kind of as clear as mud. <laughs> so a couple of examples based off of that. So Responsibility is fundamental to democracy, right? July 4th weekend, that's, that's one to look at. Also, the Constitution ensures our fundamental rights, right? So it makes a little more sense when we, when we look at some examples of it. Now, the second... Aspect we can look at to determine what a fundamental is is of course the biblical definition for that. So to do that, we're going to begin in Psalm 111, the 111th Psalm. Psalm 111, and we're just going to read one verse here, but we're going to stay in it for just a second. So Psalm 111, and we're going to read verse 10. Psalm 11, verse 10. Now, this is from the, the New King James Version. The New King James renders the verse as this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all those who do his commandments. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the New English translation for this very same verse is rendered in this manner. To obey the Lord is the fundamental principle. The fundamental principle for wise living, all who carry out his precepts acquire good moral insight. A little more understandable, a little more relatable, and it kind of lets us know what a fundamental is. So a fundamental is the beginning, right? The fundamental is, is what comes before anything else. And it's a basis for everything then that, that follows of course. Of course, without such, the object or the system or the organization would not exist as it's defined. Everything we know, everything we do, begins with some type of learned fundamental. So, from the time I was really a, a preteen, all the way up until my early young adult years, I was active in sports, highly active in sports, any type of sport. I I would play, you know, the church back in the day, back in that time, had an extraordinary sports program, and really the, 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 the flagship of the program was basketball. And I loved basketball, passionate about basketball. And though I spent my youth in Ohio and Kentucky, I grew up the son of a poor Indiana farm boy. If you know anything at all about poor Indiana farm boys, basketball is everything. It's life for them. It is the most important thing to them. And that's the way I was raised. Because of this, because I was raised by my father who was this poor Indiana farm boy, then I too was taught the fundamentals of basketball. Not the fancy stuff, not the hot dog game for you basketball fans out there. You know, the fundamentals, the fundamentals. You know, I would spend hours, I would spend hours standing at the free-throw line shooting baskets, hour upon hour, because anyone knows, or anyone who has any understanding of the fundamentals of basketball knows the game is won at the free-throw line. It's a fundamental. In addition to the free-throws, of course, since my dad, as I said, pounded the fundamentals into us, was also the coach of most of my basketball teams growing up, we would spend hours. We would spend our entire practices, two-hour practices, dribbling the ball up and down the court, guarding it, moving with it, controlling with it, controlling it, never shooting a shot. Two hours moving the ball up and down the court because solid ball handling is a fundamental. It's a fundamental of the sport of basketball. And besides that, if you can't control the ball, then you can't shoot it anyway. Fundamentals. Sure, eventually I learned the fancy stuff long further down the line, but I would still go back and practice those fundamentals, standing for hours at that free throw line, dribbling that ball for hours. The fundamentals, the foundation for everything to come. Now, believe it or not, brethren. This structure isn't something that we as man came up with in order to be better at a game. God, in his magnificent wisdom, knew that we would require some structure. We would require some standards to follow. He knew that we would need standards in place to be able to move forward the way he wanted us to. So he gave us fundamentals, fundamentals to learn. Psalm 19, verse 7, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it. Psalm 19, verse 7 states, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The testimony of the Lord, the guidelines established by God, the basic fundamentals for all we do as his future family are sure, they're constant, they're never changing. And we find these fundamentals all throughout Scripture, they're everywhere from beginning to end. You know, one location in the New Testament that we often go to for these fundamentals is Galatians 5. Now, we're not going to turn there right now, however, This is where we find the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Two highly comprehensive lists of what God instructs us not to allow into our lives and what he expects us to focus upon instead. These lists are provided to guide us, to keep us focused on what's required of us and to highlight the boundaries God has established in order ...for us to better our lives. That's what He wants for us, right? These fundamentals help us develop... ...what we believe in. Why we're sitting here today. They're building blocks, brethren. They're building blocks... ...the building blocks of our belief. And they're established by God. However, Galatians chapter 5... ...isn't the only place in Scripture... ...that we can find a set of fundamentals... We can also look at Micah 6. So we'll do that. We'll look at Micah 6. We'll just be there briefly, but it's worth going to. Micah chapter 6, one verse, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, there's that testimony reference, right? God's testimony. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Micah 6 is a set of fundamentals. Now, it's a, not a comprehensive list. It's not as comprehensive as Galatians 5, but it's just as fundamental to our lives. As I mentioned, Galatians 5 highlights in detail a, a, or the concept of of what's required, but also Micah 6 has that same value. However, Micah 6, which was written way before Galatians, is a bit more vague. So then where are the fundamentals? Where are the fundamentals Micah 6 is referencing? Well, how about Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, the commandments of our God? Or maybe Deuteronomy 7, instructions to God's chosen people to Stay away from idolatry to avoid idolatry or proverbs, proverbs, innumerable, innumerable words of wisdom for us to follow and to glean understanding from. Or pretty much, brethren, anywhere between Genesis 1-1 through Micah 6, verse 8, and of course, beyond. God provides examples of what to do and how to do it in order for us to be reassured, brethren, be reassured that His way is the best way. God provides guidance and examples all throughout His Holy Word so that man's belief in God and in His Word can be firmly established because we know God's Word is firmly established. The question is, though, brethren, the question is, are these our beliefs? Are they our beliefs? Are they the fundamental aspects to our lives as Christians? Do we, as members of of the same church that was founded, you know, over 2,000 years ago, look at God's Word and say to ourselves, this is right. This is the direction I need to be heading. These are the skills, the fundamentals that I need to develop in order to strive to please my Heavenly Father. Are these my fundamentals? Or do we tell ourselves they're too hard to follow? They require, the requirements are too strict. Or maybe, as just mentioned by Mr. Copernant, we prefer the easy lie. Or do we ask the question, brethren, do we ask the question, what makes the difference anyway? Does it really matter if we follow fundamentals or if we have belief in fundamentals? Our our beliefs, our understanding of of who God is, our dedication to God's word, our commitment to, to God's way of life, Fundamental? Is it fundamental? Are they the basis for all we do, day in, day out, come what may? Come what may. Are we filtering? Are we filtering every single thing we do, everything we say, everything we think about through the basics of our Christianity, through the fundamentals given to us by God the Father? Are God's instructions? and Jesus Christ's examples, the fundamentals that we live by? It's a lot of questions, right? What happens if they're not? Another good question. Are there consequences? Consequences to dismissing the standards set by God? You know, I'm seeing a, a recurring theme today, right? <laughs> you know, that's a valid question for us to ask ourselves. It's a valid question for anyone sitting here who may be new to God's church. It's a valid question for anyone who have spent their entire life in God's church. So we're going to look at it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at some examples of having our beliefs fundamental and some of not not spending hours at that free throw line. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is God doing something, brother. This is is God honoring Abraham and Isaac and Jacob for their belief that God's word should be fundamental. There was, of course, and there is a reward for, for God's word being fundamental in the life of his chosen people because of this true belief and dedication by Abraham, then these blessings were handed down. They were handed down throughout his generations. Abraham followed the fundamentals established within God's path. And, of course, generations benefited from that. However, there are two paths, right? We know this. There's God's path, and there is the path of man. And God instructed his people countless times, as we know, to not follow the path of man. Leviticus chapter 18, verses 3 and 4, you don't have to turn there, I'll just, I'll just read it to you. Leviticus chapter 18, verses 3 and 4 states, "...you must not do as they do in Egypt, where you used to live, and you must not do as they do in the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you. Do not follow their practices." You must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. So basically what what God is saying here is believe in the fundamentals and things will be fine. It's, It's just that simple. It should be easy to understand. However, because there's always a however with Israel, right? However, if we go back to verse 12 of Deuteronomy 6, and you don't have to do there, you don't have to do that. I should have told you to keep your place there. If we go back to verse 12 of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, we find a warning that goes along with this blessing. You'll miss Mr. Covenant, once again, he he brought this out, this very point in his message. That warning is take care lest you forget. Take care lest you forget. Do not neglect the free throw line. Remember how to protect that ball. Don't forget who gave you these blessings and what's required of you to keep them. But what did Israel do? What did Israel always do? <laughs> they stopped practicing the fundamentals. They stopped practicing. And what was the result then of their failure? What was the result of their failure to control that ball? Well, let's look at that in Second Kings. 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 17. Mr. Coburn and I did not discuss these messages ahead of time, so you know, but they seem to be tying together nicely. 2 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to begin in verse 6. 2 Kings. Chapter 17, beginning in verse 6. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria. That was referenced. And he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in Halah and on the harbor, the river of Goshen and in the city of the Medes. And this occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God. Pretty cut and dry. Pretty cut and dry who had brought them out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt and had feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel and in the customs of the kings of Israel had, and in the customs that the kings of Israel had practiced and the people of Israel did secretly against the Lord their God things that were not right Continue, continuing in verse 13 Yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes in accordance with all the law that I command your fathers and that I sent to you by the servants, the prophets. But they would not listen, but were stubborn, as their fathers had been who did not believe in the Lord their God. Recurring theme today. Finally, in verse 18, therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. None was left but the tribe of Judah only. So, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua all made their belief in God's word fundamental fundamental in their lives. And for a while, of course, Israel and as a people benefited from that commitment to, the, to those fundamentals. However, of course, when the leaders of Israel and eventually Judah as, as well, along with the people, ignored and forgot their fundamental beliefs, the people suffered great loss and great hardship. That was ancient Israel always missing that free throw, failing at the fundamentals. But that was before. That was before God gave us Jesus' sacrifice, before receiving God's Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost, before baptism and repentance as we know it today. So are these examples even worth reading? Are the examples of Israel's failures really relevant to us today? Let's look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Part of this was covered in one of our hymns this morning or afternoon. Psalm 119, and we're gonna begin in verse 89. Psalm 119, verse 89, 89 through 92. Forever, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight... Or you could say here, brethren, if your word had not been fundamental, I would have perished in my affliction. God's word, God's word, the guidance we trust as the fundamentals for all we do as Christians is, as I said, never changing. It's firmly fixed. From Adam, to Abraham, to to Moses, to David, to Jesus Christ, to the apostles, to us today, the, the, the basis for what we believe, what we should claim as the standards on which we judge every aspect of our lives has been firmly established. So what was relevant for Israel in the past then is obviously, obviously relevant for us today. God's guidance... Guidance wasn't just for an ancient, stubborn people. It was for all stubborn people. That's us, or at least it's me. You know, the idols and the wickedness and the evil and the carnality that that is referenced all throughout the Old Testament, it came in all shapes and sizes, right? There's countless examples of that. And the same is true for us today. All of those things are still here. God didn't just create the fundamentals to keep an ancient people, ancient Israel on track. The plan encompasses everyone, and it encompasses spiritual Israel today and in the future. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, I'll just read it for you. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 states, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed you know, those laws and those statutes and those commandments and those examples belong to us and to our children forever. Guess who that's referencing? Look around the room. That we may do all the words of this law. Fundamentals, the fundamentals. You know, Israel at the time, brethren, they didn't understand, they didn't fully understand God's plan for all mankind nor how they were really, in in a sense, paying it forward by recording God's Word for us. But that's exactly what they were doing. That's exactly what they were doing. Everything Israel did right and everything they did wrong allowed God the opportunity to respond, to respond either, either positively or negatively, depending on Israel's actions. So these examples, then, they allow us, spiritual Israel, those children, to grasp and understand who God is and and what he expects, rather than what he expects, and how he will judge us and our actions, either now or in the future. These examples of ancient Israel all throughout Scripture are where our beliefs are, solidified, brethren. It's where they're solidified. It's where we go to see how God acts and what He does. This is is what we use to determine what we'll deem fundamental in our lives, whether we learn God's standards and we benefit from the rewards of that, or we set our own standards and we suffer the consequences. Israel's examples were, they were rarely good, but They benefit us nonetheless. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We will turn there. Now, I know this is a passage that has been read hundreds of times from a lectern, and you probably studied it on your own, but it's relevant, so we're going to go to it again. It's like all of God's Word is relevant and fundamental. (laughs) So 1 Corinthians 10, and we're going to begin in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 1. We can relate to that at times, can't we? Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters. Remember, idols come in many shapes and forms, right? As some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, also Every example, every example from Israel's past has helped develop what we know and believe about God and helps guide us then to to understand and and to utilize the knowledge that, that we've been given. God established fundamentals for us to build upon, just like we do in our life every single day. We build upon the fundamentals that we learn throughout our lives. But it's up to us, brethren. it's up to us to, to take what we know and what we believe and move forward on one of those two paths: God's or our own. Now, if you remember, I referenced Galatians chapter five. and at this point we could, we could go back into Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh, and, and expound upon each of those groups. But there again, that would, inquire, that would require way more time than we have here today and, and probably sermons on their, on their own separately. However, you know, if you'd like this for an additional study, Galatians 5 is a great resource. It's a great resource for learning how the fundamentals, the fundamentals of that old covenant carry over into the new covenant. We find a list, brethren, we find a list of what God instructs us to not pursue Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, revelries. It's quite the list. And a list of what is right. A list of the fundamentals to believe in, to live by, to use as guidelines every moment of our lives in every perceivable situation. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These lists exemplify the, the multitude of guidelines God set before Israel in the Old Testament. And these guidelines are undeniably applicable to our lives as Christians today. They're fundamental. They are the fundamentals, and they're a great place to begin. They're a great place to begin determining whether or not our beliefs are fundamental to us, fundamental to every aspect of our lives. From the beginning, fundamental, right? From the beginning, our beliefs should have been established in in God's Word, Established within these attributes that we find here in Galatians 5, but our belief should also be verifiable all throughout God's holy word. And if we believe that God is who he says he is, and if we believe that his word is firmly established truth, and if we believe what God had written in Isaiah 55, 9, that states, as the heavens are higher than the earth, his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts than our thoughts, then we owe it, brethren. We owe it to ourselves, and more importantly, we owe it to God to make our beliefs fundamental today and every day. So now I ask you the question, one more time. Are our beliefs fundamental?